The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Hey, it's Kevin at the Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. Uh, through the last few weeks, I've been complaining about having a cold, and then I was complaining about allergies, and now I sound like Marty Funkhauser. You sound awful. Hurry, what are you doing? It's my mom's funeral. <laughs> That's, yeah, and Stephen Brown is here in person yeah, now. Yeah, it's been a minute. And thank God, because you're going to do most of the talking. Yeah, it's gonna be, I'm going to do a lot of heavy lifting today. And Craig Bass is here. Which Thank is, you for having I, me. I think this is the first time in, uh, what, oh, God, God, when, when, mean, when was the last time you were here? Early, early. Eight, so, eight uh, years, maybe? Craig, if anyone has been listening to this show for the many, many years we've been doing it, Craig would have been on in like the early few years we did the podcast. Mm. Probably, what, what do you think the occasion was that you would have been on? I for? don't want to say. Do you know? Yes. Wait, was it a, a competition no. for a video? I think it was for I Dig, wasn't it? The John Short film that we did. I know we talked about motion source. We talked about a lot. So uh, for those of you who are new or weren't or don't remember because this was so long ago, uh, Craig owns a video production company in the same town I used to own a comic book store, which is how we met. And then shortly after meeting Craig, we realized we were in a kind of most of the same shit like me and John are. And... Um, I transitioned from um, working at the comic book store full time to working with Craig on the various projects Motion Source does and the various projects that Craig works on personally, um, which is the reason uh, for today's podcast is well, we brought Craig back because uh, ultimately <laughs> we're here because mm-hmm. while working for Craig at Motion Source, we attended a Christmas party and this was probably... Maybe my first Christmas or Maybe, second Christmas yeah. working it was in Motion a client, Source full-time. It was a, a client's a client Christmas, Christmas party. Yeah. Also in the same town where the comic book store is. So I still work at the comic book store. I work for Craig full-time as a producer, a job I do not know how to do. During this event. You had that job for You're making years. it sound like yes. a present. But I started. Yes, sense. this is past tense. This is yeah. in the past. And I've been working there for maybe a year or two, and we got invited to a client who was hosting a Christmas party um, on the same street that the comic book store is on. And so we go to the Christmas party, and while we're there, we get to talking to a woman. And this woman at the party tells us that she played a character in a video game, which is a sentence that nobody on this planet has ever said to me before. And Craig, like me, is a very curious person, so he did what any sane person would do in that instance, and we spent the rest of the Christmas party, which was a very boring party, (laughs) talking to this woman, trying to determine, like, what do you mean you were a character? Did she do motion capture? Well, Craig, yeah, she... So, so yeah, so, no, I, <laughs> I don't know so, how to start. Was it just voiceover? <laughs> no, 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 no. So she, she had said, um, she told us she was in a video. I don't know how it got brought up. She said she was in a video game. And I said, what do you mean you're in a video game? And she said, well, you remember the old Mortal Kombat games? Do you remember those? I said, yeah, of course. When I was 10, that was the biggest thing in the world. And in those games, people were filmed on a green screen doing different moves. Yeah, they were like real actors. Right. They were just filmed on a green screen, and then they were the green screen was removed. They were put into the game, and uh, you played as 
you know, a real person captured yeah. on film. So it was like Digital. a quick sidebar. But Mortal <laughs> Kombat was produced by a, uh, a company called Midway. And because they're from Chicago, Midway Airport, Midway, Chicago. So not only are they from Chicago, the guy that invented Mortal Kombat went to the same art college I did. But like a now decade. This one is not of the, the same Midway that did Pac-Man. Well, mid, I think Namco no. did Pac-Man, but Man, I think Midway, okay. but Midway, Midway might have bought Midway Pac-Man. being on the arcade. Midway they might have, have distributed it, it or something. So they've been around that long. Yes. Yeah, so Midway is an arcade uh, company. Was. Based, was an arcade yeah. company mm-hmm. based in Chicago, and their big claim to fame was Mortal Kombat. That's like the big game, and that's like the biggest arcade game of all time. Yeah. But they were very, I mean, they had NBA Jam. They had all kinds Smash of stuff. TV. I mean, they... Yeah, they were probably one of, if not the biggest. Yeah. Arcade now, was it all arcade, or were they doing console? They, um, I don't well, think I they guess... created console games. Their games were probably ported. ported. Mm. But anyway, I just so that we don't confuse, the, she was just telling us that it was like the old Mortal Kombat. Basically, games, what she had done the so. way they had made Mortal Kombat <clears throat> was they filmed real actors and costumes on green screen and then put them in a computer in a digital environment, right? This lady was in a video game that was inspired by Mortal Kombat. Somebody played Mortal Kombat and said, I can make a video game just like this. And that's where... Yes. Yeah. This is well, where... So, this, yeah. yeah. She said she had been in a video game. Okay. So we, I said, what do you mean you're in a video game? She said it was like the old Mortal Kombat games where she was filmed on a green screen. And I said, where? And she told me Brookfield, which was one town over from where we were. And I said, what? Because we have a studio in Brookfield. I said, I can't imagine there being any other studios in right. Brookfield. It's, it's, not, like, it's not like a bustling uh, you know how, media like, hub. Right. We you know talk I mean? about the comic book industry. There's Galloping Ghost. There's yeah. you. Right. We talk oh, about... Well, don't give it away. You're getting ahead of us. <laughs> yeah. so we're, well, Galloping Ghost is there. <laughs> we're, but we... The uh, video production industry uh, is a lot like the comic book industry. In a sense where it's like you kind of know every all the players in your area. We're, there isn't any surprises in Chicago. You know what I mean? We know who rents the equipment. We know our competitors. We, you know what I mean? So when she tells us that they they filmed a video game on green screen in Chicago, there's only so many places they could legitimately do that, which leads us to believe that this was done in one of the illegitimate places well, to do this. I told her, I said... There's another studio in Brook, or there was another studio. She goes, "No, we weren't in a studio. It was like an abandoned warehouse." And then, of course, that made us more interested. It, like everything this lady told us was like breadcrumbs. On was the she most... clothed? In Absolutely, this game? yeah, yeah, no, no. yeah. She, she was, was, and she, she was, was heavily pregnant. She was yeah, clothed, she's very and, pregnant, and yeah. she was actually the daughter of one of the chief, like the principals in this uh, company. marketing company. Yeah, it turned out. But then I had said, uh, I guess the next, you know, what, where when how we were missing the who so i said Mm. who was doing this game and she said doc mac and i'd never met doc but i knew he was the owner of galloping ghost arcade which is the largest arcade in the world yeah and it's right there in brookfield and i he was an interesting looking guy i'd seen him around he actually lived directly across the street from my old business partner he's kind of like a like um like a local (laughs) celebrity is maybe too grand a title because yeah. I'm not trying to diminish the man at all. Everybody but knows people who he know is. him. Mm-hmm. I knew him. Well, from Galloping Ghost has become an empire. I mean, it's known yeah. across yeah. the country. Yes, yes, yes. And across, I, the frankly, world. across the world. Literally, yeah. 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 Um. So, <clears throat> yeah. As soon as it was the connection to Doc Mac, we were kind of like, okay, now it's starting to make sense. It's like the guy who did the video game, right? But I, let, let me describe yeah. Doc. Though, oh yeah, just please. To paint a picture in people's minds. So Doc has long black hair. He's 
what five years older than me so he's 46 he's got long black hair he always wears black fingerless kevlar knuckled gloves he always wears a black galloping ghost t-shirt he always if it's a little cool out he's got a black galloping ghost uh basically kung fu top over that you know where there's sort like of ties gi? in the front of it i want to say gi because it but you know like uh you would see bruce lee in and enter the dragon or something but yeah. it's full black it has the ghost logo on the back He's got uh, black jeans, of course, black jeans. He's got a black Corvette and the license plate of the Corvette says Ghost Lord on it. So you have to understand that when we had a woman tell us she was in a video game, a very, very normal looking woman in a very, very normal setting. She was in a video game when she was like in her late teenage years. It was shot in Brookfield. It was in this abandoned warehouse. And this was the guy that was making the game. That was really fascinating. So we asked her, what happened to the game? What, what's going on? She now, when, was, when did she do this? Was well, it she recently was, or was this an old story she was telling you? This is probably like 12 or 13 years after it had happened, right? Okay. So she had no idea what had happened to the game. Yeah, so this, would, at the, this is probably five years ago that we're yeah. talking to this lady. And this probably happened maybe... 10 or 15 years before that. So now we're talking 20 years. Yeah. So 20 years, uh, roughly maybe early 2000s. She did this. Yeah. It was a little bit later than that okay. when, because I'm thinking the, the arcade opened right at the end of the game being filmed. Mm. And that was 12 years ago. So <clears throat> for her, it was probably, well, I don't know, maybe fit, they, they filmed for four years. Wow. I mean, what I found out was so I just stored this in my memory. Yeah, or in so my memory. We, say, yeah, we went to this party. Memory. We talked to this lady. <laughs> we heard this bananas story of this thing that she did. And that was it. I always said we left the party. And we said that was a boring party. But wow, what a wild story. The guy with the arcade and all this stuff he's got going on. Blah, blah, blah. And I probably said at the time, man, this would make this. This could potentially yes. make the, it's an like, interesting uh, documentary. You know, you're a writer. You know this too. So when you think of an idea or something comes to you, I'm sure you file it away, right? You've got mm -hmm. a file on your computer. I'm sure of all your ideas for different stories, concepts, jokes, all of it. He does the same thing with stories because he writes stories, uh, short stories, ideas for uh, movies, scripts, all kinds of stuff. So it's the same idea. So anytime something like, like this <laughs> happens, you meet somebody interesting, you kind of file away it in the back of your mind, right? So this happened like... I don't know, four years ago, five years ago, or something like yeah. that. And uh, we work in Brookfield. We're driving around. Okay. We've been to the arcade a bunch of times. And we drive past the arcade one day. He does. And they've got these massive production lights outside the arcade. Like, we have uh, one version of this light, and it's very expensive. And their version of the light is four of ours put together. It's massive light. Yeah. So if you're in video production and you see these lights, you know what they're for. They're for shooting video. So we drive well, past they, the yeah, this isn't video production. They're, no, right. It's obvious they're movie shooting. Movie quality, yeah. big, 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 big deal shit. And there's semi-trucks down the yeah. side streets. It's and like you've seen production. Wow. Right. Yeah. They're, they're filming a show or a movie in their arcade. That's what we come to find out. But we drive past it and he sees all the lights and everything and he kind of gets like, hey, somebody's pissing in my soup you know what i mean this well, is my house you know, I, somebody's in my coming head, into brookfield and they're shooting in our we got this asset right you have here to understand in my head you know we've always worked on projects i've done 40 music videos a bunch of shorts and in my head i always thought oh man someday we got to use the galloping ghost as background to something mm. shoot something there so when i saw this i was like damn it somebody got to it before me and it's the big boys you know mm. what i mean 
And uh, it was a very caveman-like impulse that kicked in. But my girlfriend, Lydia, she was friends with Doc. So this is the guy that owns the arcade and the guy that apparently created whatever game this was we had heard about. And I said to her, can you, uh, sorry, friends with him on Facebook. So not not real friends at the you know, time. Like digital friends. Digital yeah. friends who I think maybe had met once. So I said, um, <clears throat> hit him up, see if I can come by and... I want to ask him about what happened to this game. I really wonder what is it languishing on Steam somewhere? Did it ever come out? So she did so, and I think I got to his office about two days later. And you walk in, and I describe it like a graveyard of uh, or a massacre of arcade machines. But this There's is just probably, pieces everywhere in this. But this is three <clears throat> years after you've we met that girl at the Christmas party. Well, yeah, at, at least three. Yeah. So I, but I'm walking in this place. Like I said, it's it's like arcade machines have been massacred. There's just motherboards everywhere, pieces of things. So you wade through this room of of all of these. So is this in the repair shop? Because he's got like five buildings yeah. along Ogden. This is not at the arcade. If you you've been the arcade with the kids, yeah. this is not the arcade. Right. right. This, this is, is further down production. Ogden. Yeah. yeah because you know there's a repair pinballs. shop. There's like a. Uh, martial arts studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's a lot of by stuff. That the martial yeah. arts studio has a it's, parking lot. It's near there. Yeah. yeah. Do you know where pinball is? Yeah. It's right next to pin. There's almost like an octagonal shape. For those of you who don't know, there. this man not only owns the largest arcade in the world, he also owns like four or five businesses on the same street as his arcade. On the same side. And of they're the not yeah. related right. businesses. One of them is a gym. One of them is an auto repair place. One of them is a pinball machine place. One of them is a printing place. It's like this man has got like a little empire carved out in Brooklyn. When you learn the story, though, it all makes sense. It does. So, it does. And so. Let's go back. I'm coming through this room. <clears throat> then you get to this long hallway, and the hallway's lined with martial arts weapons. I mean, probably hundreds of weapons. There's katanas. There's yeah. stuff you've you know, never even seen before. Yeah, you've got it's your standard. You've got your standard swords and stuff. But then you have these Weird massive shit. spears you've only ever seen in like Chinese historical epics. You know, things that you cut the legs out from horses with. Yeah, literally. Oh yeah, that's um, like what they're for. <laughs> so I'm starting. I'm like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is this is speaking to you know, 10 or 12 year old me pretty, pretty deeply here. And then I turned and I walked into his office and it's like, there's probably a hundred Godzilla models built. And then there's probably two or 300 in boxes. There's about 30 guitars mounted to the wall. And already my reaction is this is insane. Like who the it, fuck is yeah. this guy? <laughs> who is this guy living out like the apotheosis of my childhood self? So I sit down and I talk to him and I'm asking him what happened to the game? You know, where did mm -hmm. it go? And he tells me, well, it's not done yet. And I said, it's not done. So it was just like abandoned. He said, no, we're still working on it. And I said, how long have you been working on it for? And he said, well, if you mean from the, when we first started, when we first started designing stuff and when we first filmed at this point, it's probably 26 years. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean when you first filmed? And he said, well, I was probably 17 when we first filmed the game, but you know, to to paraphrase, there's a big learning curve when you don't have the internet or any um, you know guidance from older individuals to say this is how you set up a green screen, shoot green screen, program a game, put people into a game. So after a year of trying to work with their initial footage, he realized that's not you know we we didn't really get what we needed. We've got to go back. So he got another abandoned warehouse. Uh, the first place was actually an abandoned Remax building. Then he got an abandoned like warehouse space. He went back in and he lived there for four months. Uh, 
reshooting the game more comprehensively. And also, I think it was much more challenging to get people to come back this time because they'd kind of done it already. Mm, yeah. And now everyone's a little older. And, and, it, and it wasn't like, um, from the little I've seen of the filming we've done of some of the people, and we'll get to all this, is that like, it wasn't like this filming experience was like a professional filming experience where nobody got hurt and it was safe <clears> and <throat> there was food and warmth. And do you know what I mean? They filmed it in the So abandoned... people got hurt. Yes. Well, people not, got not, hurt. Not terribly, but yeah. So. As I'm saying, he goes back a second time and it's four months in the studio. He's, you know, people don't really want to do it again. It was fun the first time. So he's kind of living in this abandoned warehouse, just waiting for people to show up. They could show up at three in the morning. Can they show up at six? Can they show up at seven o'clock at night? Whatever. He's ready to go and gets what he thinks he needs in those four months. And then they spend about 10 years trying to work with that footage. So he ends up renting a house and filling it with high schoolers, keying the green screen footage or removing the green screen. So you just have the character with nothing behind it. There were investors that came in. He started, I think by the time he was 19, he had a, uh, there was a man in the neighborhood who wanted to put money into it because he saw that maybe there was some potential here if this did numbers like Mortal Kombat had done. So then he, uh, this guy started to contact wealthy Texans and they were flying in and they were going into the bedroom, uh, Doc's bedroom at his parents' house and Doc would be making pitches to them with charts the guys and stuff. guys with billions of dollars, millions of dollars. <clears throat> well, I, I don't know how much they have, but yeah. Whatever, but investors in his yeah. basement at 19. You know what I mean? This man is insane. So, and he was getting people to sign up and put tens of thousands of dollars into the game. In fact, there's a story that one of these guys, his daughter worked for David Lynch's production company. And there is a story that at one time there was an offer of like two hundred, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to buy the rights to the story from Doc. Offer being made from David Lynch's production company. Very strange. This goes on for 10 years. And then the investors abscound with the funds and there's threats being made and... <clears throat> there's all sorts of insanity. People are dying, and there's a kill room. Like, like, like well, yeah, that yeah, Dexter. that came later. You know, Dexter. Well, yeah, but why are people dying? Yes, I know. Are they old? No, no, no. Well, it's it's a lot out of context here. So he, we can get to that later. Uh, basically, he had a landlord. The guy that was getting him these places to film in was a real estate mogul in town. He was hated by many, loved by many as well, very divisive figure. And Doc Som is sort of a second father. Well, it turns out that late, much later in, in Doc's story, this guy gets targeted by two former cops who are now hardened criminals. And they set up a kill room in the basement of a house and their plan is they're going to extort the man and then they're going to dismember him. And I don't know, do whatever. This is all one of the investors. <clears throat> This is a landlord that had gotten him the spaces to film it. Oh, so it's, and in fact, this is the man responsible for for basically getting the space galloping. Ghost so this is on the location of the game. <clears throat> no, that's why we jumped ahead too soon. I think <laughs> the point where the he's point making is, here is that there is, is a, so a lot much of crazy that happened to right. get to this game, and he's talking to this lady we met at this party who told us about this whole thing that started it. This she didn't know Doc. He just found random people like in bars and at the gym and stuff. Those are the people in the game. Well, that was the third filming. So, like I said, he had filmed, tried to work with the footage, went back and filmed, and then it was like ten years of trying to get this turned into a game. Programmers are falling off. They don't have money for programmers. They, 
you know, they're trying to get the footage key. All this craziness is happening. Doc builds a, an eBay empire to fund everything. So he's selling bootleg Godzilla box sex, sets and bootleg Led Zeppelin box sets. <laughs> you know, like you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And he's making some days like $1,000 a day on eBay. And he starts, and then he's like wholesaling like contacts and stuff. You know, he's just getting involved in whatever to continue to fund progress on the game. Uh, and then, you know, 10 now years. Now, does he have the arcade yet? Or is his no, whole life? No. His so, whole life is making this game. His, his whole life has been making this game since 17 or whatever. So they, he gets to a point where he realizes, and now HD technology has become commonplace. The two previous filmings were not in HD. So he realizes, crap, we have one of two choices. We refilm the game a third time or we can it. And you can't. He can't throw it away, of course. So we're going to refilm it. But here's the thing. In the intervening 10 years, he wrote 1,600 pages of story for the characters in the world. So he thought, well, we got close to finishing the first game. If we're going to go back and do the first game, we might as well film the you sequel. You might as well film the sequel. Might as well film the sequel. <laughs> might as well. And you we'll haven't add... even finished one. Why not start <laughs> right. two? And we'll, we'll uh... add like 15 characters to the mix and we'll film the sequel. And so how that's... many characters are in the first game are supposed to be? I think there's nine in the first yeah, game. Yeah, so he mm-hmm. almost doubles the amount of characters. Right. And, mm-hmm. he, and this is what Steve's talking about. Once they make this decision, they get... A, another abandoned warehouse, which is provided to them by Steve Campbell, who was the real estate agent that have, it will in the future yeah, be the target guy, okay. of, this, of this crime. And uh, a crime that was never actualized. There was an FBI sting and yeah, he, he was safe. We'll, but, we'll get into it. But, oh, uh, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. So then to Steve's point, well, he's going to go in. Everyone who is in the game in the past, they they moved on with their lives. Like they so have you kids. Like grew up and, and had kids and stuff. <laughs> these were these were kids when he he was seventeen right. when he started this. So he found other 17, 18, 20 year olds to do this with him. Right. Yeah. I mean, the original cast was him, a kid that had uh, this guy Mike Lombardi, otherwise known as Lumbo, who had uh, heard that Doc was making a game, and then Doc was working at Babbage's at the time, which was like a video game computer game store, and then Lumbo comes in in like a suit. And hands him a port like I've drawn these characters. These are my character ideas, sir. Can I? Because he thinks Doc's like somebody bigger than yeah. he perhaps is in mm. this. And and Lumbo gets involved and starts pushing forward. So it's Doc and Lumbo, and then it's like Doc gets his sister on board, Karen. Uh, he gets Karen's boyfriend Jason in the game. They get the local Miss Brookfield beauty queen, who's friends with the family. To There's be a, a Miss Brookfield. Of course, there is. <laughs> I guess there there was. And she's in the game. Yeah, I moved here in 2010, and I did not know there was. I don't know. If we, I don't know if we still have the Miss Brookfield. Uh, whatever Probably because she was in this game and got killed. <laughs> but it's it's very makeshift, right? So now that we're on the third filming, and it's probably been, I don't know, 12 years since he started down this path. This is what Steve's talking about. They make a casting packet, and it's a manila envelope with a comic book that's uh, something like 34 pages, and it's the base story of the film. It's a CD with some music. Of the game, <clears throat> not the film, of the game. The game, sorry. It's a CD of some music and some other things. And he, they have them with them at all times, and like Steve said, he, you know, one of the girls was on the treadmill at the gym in, in Doc's and he's like, that's Kyla, the character Kyla. We have to have her. 
And then it's him and his friends debating who's going to go up to her so because like, it's he, creepy to go he, up to her, you know. He what I mean? wrote, oh yeah, it's he, creepy. Yeah, right. he he wrote a story and he made up characters in the story, fifteen of them or whatever it is, mm. and then had envelopes with the <laughs> characters' information in it written on the envelopes. And as he would drive around his life, you know, going about the grocery store, going to the gym, things like this, going to work. <laughs> He sees somebody. He like that looks like a character I created in my head right. for yeah. a video game that doesn't yeah. exist. I mean, and one he'd of the go girls... up to them and he'd say, "Do you want to be in a video game?" No. And here's a manila. for no money. Like it sounds. I can't like provide you with any right. funding. You know, nothing. but it, it's exposure. It's like getting invited to join a quest. Do or you know a, what I mean? Or a cult. Or a cult. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, one girl was just a barista in Caribou Coffee. One guy was. Uh, he caught him at the. The annual Brookfield Oktoberfest. This guy was Bill Powell. He ran a, a, a dojo, Kempo Dojo, and he's breaking a stack of bricks. And Doc's like, that's my guy. There's a guy. He could break a stack of bricks. Of one course, guy, he should be in a Mortal Kombat-like video game. Right. One guy's powerlifting at the gym. You know, one girl's on a treadmill at the gym. And uh, he even had some of the original Mortal Kombat actors at one time lined up and they were going to be in the Cause game. Cause remember Mortal Kombat was all filmed locally. So a lot of the Mortal Kombat actors yeah, are still in and living around Chicago. Like we've met most of them. Right. Yeah. And I think it's probably worth saying at this point, something that's probably shocking that we haven't mentioned this oh, yet. Yeah, so sorry. I'm we're directing back. a feature length film yes. based, uh, yeah. on, yes. based on this Christ. story. So it's that, only like a 40 minute into this interview. Or yeah, I don't, you might this have is to, what happens when you right. let me lead. You, you might have to mean? snip this up and rearrange. Well, it. No, 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 I, no, we don't do that. Anymore. I could keep talking like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, or we could do that. But this is a documentary. You guys, it is a documentary. Yeah. So yeah. long story short, what had come to Craig had started meeting with doc about two and a half years ago. And two, meeting, almost two years, ago. almost two years ago, meeting every week, going over the story, getting all this out of him piecemeal, getting this whole story and realizing like, this has to be, somebody's got to tell this story. Mm-hmm. The arcade, everything that doc built, all of it is all to have a place for this, uh, this game to go. That's the reason for the arcade. The largest wow. arcade in the world was built. So this man would have a home to put his arcade <clears throat> because kind of, well, kind of. When he started to at seventeen in the nineties, he said Mortal Kombat's amazing. I want to make a game like Mortal Kombat. But then what happened was the government changed laws around coin-operated machines. I don't know if this was nationwide or if this just happened in Illinois. But basically, people were dealing drugs in arcades. This is why arcades went away. Yeah, yeah you know about Allegedly. this. Well, you, when I was no, a, no, this is because you were one of them, right? No, 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 John. But John grew up with arcades. <laughs> but when I was a kid, we were told at school, "Do not go into the arcade." Yes. Right. Well, and this, this is, is this why... was a known thing. So, regardless of if this was actually true, this is mm. what people believe. This was so the, laws, yeah. the boogeyman. So laws got changed so that it was impossible for businesses to turn a profit on coin-operated machines. This put all the arcades in the country out of business see i think so, just as important though was the the advent of consoles yeah I mean, I, that you, did not help no i i think that was really the final nail in the coffin because doc designed a type of arcade that anybody could have designed which is what galloping ghost is which is you pay a flat fee every machine yeah. but what i'm saying is that model <laughs> of an arcade came about because laws were changed to right make you, arcades extinct so yeah. what I'm saying is th- a place existed to sell Doc's video game to once he completed it in the 90s. But it took 27 years to work on the game. And in the meantime, the arcade industry collapsed <clears throat> in this country. Yeah. So he got a guy on board to open up an arcade 
and it was basically like Doc wrote a business plan for an arcade and how you would do a modern arcade where you pay a flat fee mm-hmm. to go in and play as many games as you like. So that's that's to get around the law. To get it's around the law, fee. correct. Well, <clears throat> yeah. I, here's the thing about Doc too. He's and this is one of the reasons the game isn't done. He probably has more artistic integrity than almost anyone, perhaps yeah. to a detrimental yes. extent. One hundred percent to a detrimental extent. So to I would say that maybe that was part of it, but I think really he wanted to design the arcade he wished he had when he was younger. And the idea was, you know, you go in and you you can only play for so long when you have a pocket full of quarters. But if you if you play a fat a flat fee and go in and everything's unlocked, you right. could play all day, which is what yeah. he would have loved to have done. So though. It's, it's both. It's that. It's also that it works around the change in the laws, but it's also a better system for arcades anyway. But basically, this guy built the biggest, best arcade in the world so that when he ever gets around to finishing this fucking game, he will have a place to put it. Yeah, so well, the biggest arcade in the world is promotion for a game that's never happened. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That hasn't happened is, yet. And it is an awesome story. It's like if we have told you a tenth of I know. I, with this shit. I need to know more about the murders. Yes. And I would say it's like uh, we played the arcade. This is a little bit of a spoiler. That could be its own film. For the for the uh, documentary. The arcade game is not that great. It's not 27 right. years it, in the making. So there's a playable version? There is. Yeah. yeah you can play I'm not saying. So there's this, not just this video is, footage. This is, you, my, this is my this. opinion. This is, this is my personal opinion. The game is boring. Street Fighter <laughs> is better. Okay? But... The story and it's just uh, combat, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Just it's, 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 it's one-on-one just, fighting. It's game. just like a Mortal Kombat. There's yep. more to it. This man <laughs> has put a lot of thought into this game. But if you don't like fighting games, you will not care about this game. Mm-hmm. But, but the story of this arcade game getting built is far more interesting than this arcade game will ever be. This is a much better yeah. story than the arcade game itself. <laughs> it is a much better story than the Galloping Ghost arcade itself. The f- this guy, Doc, is one of the most fascinating people I've ever met in the world. It doesn't work without him. Because yeah. I don't care about arcades. I don't care about video games. I don't care about fighting games. And I want to see this movie made so badly. Well, you do care about Marvel uh Marvel games. No, I care Marvel about, phone I, games. I Marvel. care about Marvel because I care about Marvel <laughs> shit. I'm playing right. video games that yeah. are Marvel based because I like Marvel, not video games. Well, it's like I love Spider Man and Arkham because they're right. good yeah. games. Yes, that but, are. You, but you don't care about video games, and that's what I'm saying. No, like, I don't play Uncharted or Last of Us. Right, and I like right. video games as much as the next guy. But what I'm <clears> saying <throat> is, is that. This isn't just like, oh, you got to like video games to like this story. This, Do you like documentaries? Because mm. this is a crazy story and it really happened. We say this all the time is like, um, you can tell as wild a story as you want, but you will never, ever make up anything as interesting as what happens in real life. Just life is just going to be weirder than fiction. It's just going to happen. It's too random. And this documentary is like a great example of just like a weird little thing that happened and it's like, how else are you going to hear about the story? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I built uh, a comic book store because I wanted to build the kind of store I thought uh, should have existed when I was a kid, you know? But to do that, I worked and managed a comic book store for like almost a decade before I did that. This guy played Mortal Kombat as a teenager and said, I'm going to do that. And then spent the next 30 years figuring out how to fuck to do that and never let go of that dream. <clears throat> I held down to that comic book store for seven years and got burned mm-hmm. out. Seven years. That's how long people make it in marriages. Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> to be fair, though, yeah. he created what he created then snowballed. And they, and that's part of the yeah. reason the game yes. is. So that's part of the reason the game is taking so long now is 
It's a double-edged sword. Well, the because there's seven companies. He got sidetracked right. opening seven but the, businesses. But by far, the arcade is the most demanding. Yes. And mm-hmm. the arcade, while the arcade is funding the game, but at the same time, it requires so much from Doc yeah. and from yeah. some of the other guys because working on the game. Because it's not just that he wrote a business plan for the best arcade in the world and the biggest arcade in the world. He knows how to do everything about arcades. He goes and right. repairs He's fixing the machines. The machines yeah, well, and that's the thing about <clears throat> about the arcade. He's got a lot of these vintage machines yes. that he now has a business to repair them yes. because they're so old. Correct. Well, and they go only, out all the time. I didn't yeah. think about this. They go this. down all the time. Yeah, because you a, think about it, it's well, like... The, is it the age? Yeah, the well, wiring, I, everything. Oh, yeah. no, but they but were, I, they were, or did they always go down? That is correct. Huh. That that's how arcades always were, but most arcades, from my understanding, I mean, I would go to some as a kid with my uncle, and they were magical places. But, yeah. um, like you know, of the age I'm at, it was sort of the end of that era. Yeah. Um, but I this is the thing you you most arcades had like forty machines in them. I mean, this guy's got nine hundred and yeah over nine hundred and twenty something. He's closing in machines. on a thousand. It's an machines. entire block. Yeah, it and, is an entire block. And now. it's we've all right. So he opened Galpin Ghost in like twenty eleven. Uh, something yeah, 20, somewhere around 10, there. So I opened the store right ago, around the same time. Yeah, right around the same time. And I remember going to Galpin Ghost when they first opened and being like, "Wow, this is awesome!" Because it was like a nerd type business, you know. And um, the flat fee was flat really fee was really cool. Yeah, it was yeah. great, but it was so small. I mean, it was big, but it was so small. We go in now. He's expanded that business like four or five times. Mm-hmm. Well, and the crazy thing is, even though it was small, and I wasn't there at the very beginning, yeah. he opened with I think 113 machines, which was still that's wild. A, that, it was still yeah, big. That is yeah. a that lot of still, machines. That was a big arcade. That's a bigger yeah. arcade than I'd ever been in at the point, and now right. it's nine times bigger than that. Right. That's and crazy. and it's somewhat of an obsession. I mean, this oh, is Oh yeah. He, well, hey, look, the guy has clearly got issues cuz he has a uniform he dresses in, he got a whole identity he made for himself. Yeah. He's got well, I don't know businesses. if it's issues, but he has a no, way No, it's of, issues. Yeah, he has yeah. a way of himself <laughs> yeah. and he's an obsessive collector and I yeah. mean, we can all probably relate to that to some extent. Oh yeah. Me and John kind of talk about that all the time and he is he falls into this category. There's, you know, a mental illness is a spectrum. And I think on the low end of it is stuff like what me and John do with this like OCD collecting and stuff like this, right? There's something mm-hmm. where it's like we get every one of these omnibuses or every one of these things. Doc there's a, a need. There's a need, yeah. 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 And Doc's doing a similar thing. He's so particular about, and you appreciate this. Craig alluded to this earlier. People offered him a lot of money for the story, and he told them no. Mm-hmm. And people said, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And he said, no. And people said, you could put the game out. It's done. And he said, no, it's not ready. There's all these different things he wanted to do. He's got like mad ideas for this video game. Like the cabinet he built has a GPS in it. So it's this is his idea. He has all kinds of ideas like this. So you play in levels in the game. But depending on where the game is located, like if you're playing in Chicago, Illinois, and it's April right now, and it's cold and sunny, or sunny and uh, warm out, the levels in the game will be sunny and warm. But if you play in Chicago in December and it's snowing out, the game will be snowy. Like, And then it reflects time of day as well. Yes. Wow. So if you play but at 4 in the afternoon, actually... it looks like 4 in the afternoon. You play at 4 in the morning, <clears throat> it's 4 in the morning. You know what I mean? It's like... He puts so much like this is stuff that, like who the fuck would even know that ever you'd never know that but this guy puts so much thought into it it's like um he's an arcade fans arcade fan this guy thinks more about arcades what makes a good arcade game what goes into a fighting game how to balance a fighting game like all the different mechanics of how you break down an arcade and what makes that work this guy's got in his head he is like a genius for arcades it's unbelievable 
You know, I've never but, met anybody like this. I think something you're alluding to earlier, though, is just one of the most important points for me is I'm not making this film for arcade fans. There's a lot of arcade yeah. or retro gaming documentaries yeah. that are really niche and they appeal to that group of people. Just like there's a lot of, let's put it in this context. And there's some good ones out there. And there's some good oh, ones. Yeah, of course. But that, and the good ones transcend yes. the video game niche. And I would say, let's talk about comics, right? Because you guys talk about comics. Mm. Same thing for comics. There's a lot of niche comic or comic related documentaries, but then there are some um, that would transcend that title and would appeal to a wider audience because sure. at their core, they deal with themes that are beyond the, yes. the, the topic of interest, which is precisely what the point of this documentary is. The point is not the game. Yeah, it's right. not. The point <clears throat> is Doc. Yes. The point is yes. Doc. And Doc is on board with this. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. he's doing interviews for the documentary. Yeah, part. yeah, I've done 34 yeah. hours of interviews with Wow. Yeah. I've That's done... interviews with Doc. 34 yeah. hours yeah. with one person. This doesn't include the amount of people that have already been interviewed for the documentary, which is, I mean, do you even About, have a count? Uh, close to 50. 50 people. Say, yeah. So, I mean, this is people from all over. People that have been in the game, people that have worked at the arcade, Mortal Kombat people, people in the industry, people that know Doc from... All kinds of walks of life. And this isn't just like everyone saying, Doc, Doc, he's the greatest thing in the world. There's all kinds of people saying like, this game ain't going to come out. The guy's psycho. Mm -hmm. It's like... The, yeah. it's, you can see it in the trailer. Well, so we've yeah, got a trailer. He's got a trailer. Based on the progress we have thus far. And you can see in the trailer that there's definitely the supporters and the faithful. And then there's absolutely the detractors or the disbelievers. Yeah. And again i don't even know if that's the point i don't know if the point is even whether or not the game comes out you know it's um i yeah. mean that definitely speaks to something deeper but the point is <clears throat> here's the point to me in making the film this is the theme that emerged it is the some people have called it quixotic quest that uh to achieve a dream. We all have dreams. I don't know. John, what did you want to do when you were 10 years old? I wanted to write comic books. Yeah. Okay. And you have. And yeah, you, I have. And you have, right? And I've done a lot of things that didn't pay. <laughs> no, but right. I... But, yeah. but I, the, the point, and I wanted to make movies, right? And yeah. we all kind of find a version of that. Yes. So mine was, um, okay, well, I'm going to start a video production company while I'm figuring my film career out. Now, that consumed 15 years of my life, and only now am I starting to enter my film career but it also built an infrastructure and taught me a variety of skills where I can now go on set and make a film confidently. You know, it's not like first time director. Right. I mean, I've directed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things, if not over a thousand. You wanted to, to do comic books. You did them, but then whatever, right? Do you have, we have these convoluted paths. Steve, and I'm sure you, I know you wanted yeah, we, to do we comics. Talk about all the time. But you had a like, comic store. It's so always it's the, kind of, and you what's do the best version of, everyone has dreams and i think it's really hard when you grow up because the world tells you no or adults tell you no or teachers tell you no or whatever <laughs> or things and, get in the way or things get away just life happens to people and i remember talking to a guy i'm on my third career now and i was talking to a guy i used to work with and he said oh you know you still own a business because he asked what did i do before this and i used to work at a video production company before that i owned a comic <clears throat> store that's an unusual thing to tell people so he's asking me and he said how did you open your own business and i said nobody told us no that's the secret. Nobody told me no. Nobody stopped me and said, you can't do this. Nobody said you shouldn't do this. Or you, you know what I mean? It wasn't that we had a lot of encouragement. My parents weren't like, go get it. But they were like, okay, go try. You know, nobody told me no. And I think that's something that a lot of people get told. So for Doc, I tried. I tried it. I tried to do a comic book store. It failed. But I'm glad I tried. I tried to draw a comic book. It didn't work great, but I tried it. 
You wrote a comic book. It, you didn't get to write at Marvel, but you made writing a career. And right. now you have this beautiful home. We, we started this podcast yes. to promote the store. Correct. We're still doing it. The podcast outlived the store. Yes. And that's, I guess, what I'm... What This is what I'm on board for this film for. I don't care about the arcade. I don't care about video games. It means nothing to me. This guy's story, the, the drive of this guy to pursue this dream and open up all these businesses and to hold something for 27 years like this. That 20, is 28 years. Now. 28 wow. years. That is insane to me. You know, but, I want to know more about this guy, you know, but it, and it kind of, it paid off for him. Right? Yeah. It and did. that he, he kind of like stuck with it at a, to, to an absurd degree. Yeah. And most of us would have gotten off the ride at that point. Yeah. It's getting too rocky. This isn't yeah. going to work out. He stuck with it and then it kind of worked, but even even like our cases, it didn't work perfectly. Not yet, at least, because no, the game the game ain't done. Still not out. Still is not out. And he doesn't want to be. I mean, he's happy to be the arcade operator, the owner of the largest arcade. Now he's yeah. become a persona, and he you know streaming. He's just fine. <clears throat> he's happy. The arcade's not going anywhere. He's the, you know right. But right. the the purpose initially was to be the game designer. Yeah. Right. And he he's got a board full of other game ideas every <laughs> time guy, I go in his he's office. He's got like dozens of game <clears throat> ideas he wants to do and he hasn't even made one and he's got more. Right. You know, that's amazing. <clears throat> well they actually did release one, but that's a story in and of itself. Yeah. The, the guy who created Rampage, they helped him resurrect a game he started in the eighties that never got finished and that was their first Galloping Ghost production. Wow. And um, Rampage is in that the arcade. Absolutely, multiple versions. You can't of you it. can't have an arcade without Rampage. No. You gotta so that, have Rampage. Rampage is like my favorite yeah, that's arcade a great game. game. Well, but, Steven, um, it, it, I can see why you're drawn to this because you opened the store to promote the book you were working on. Yeah, it was and very the store true? became its yes, own thing. Yeah, that's why you opened a comic store. Uh, it's part of it. It yeah. it was everything's complicated. Everything's right? complicated. Yeah. Nothing's happened. nothing's one reason. Nothing's a straight line. Correct, but it's. That's again for me was something like uh, the funniest thing I ever said to somebody was we were talking about I can't remember what we were discussing, but I had a ludicrous idea and he was making fun of my idea. And I said, hey, man, and we were, this, we were in the store. I said, I don't think you get to criticize my ideas when we're standing inside of one of them. You know mm. what I mean? Because it's like mic drop. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. It's a great thing it's one of the best things i ever did i met both of you because of the store right. i mean i technically yeah, right. met you because of 10th planet but that's well that's we're insane. not friends because no, of that no but that's insane because i went in there once and didn't buy anything well, i'm good i'm and real good with faces that. i'm good with faces <laughs> um but it's i um i love that the world can produce a guy like doc who is a wholly unique individual this man has every idea in his head is interesting he has interesting ideas about medicine. He has interesting ideas about physical fitness, about how to run a business, about safety regulations. It's like nothing about the business should work. Nothing about the video game should work. Right. No, this guy right. shouldn't be alive. It's like the more you True. know about him, the more you want to know about him because it's just, the world just doesn't produce people like this in volume. We get all kinds of people. You know what I mean? It's like you can meet how many people you work with that it's like, oh, I met that person in New York. You know, there's a hundred right. people yeah. just like them. There's nobody else like this motherfucker. He is a unique individual. He's a special snowflake. Yes. That's for sure. And the, we'll show the trailer. We'll put it on the Facebook page. He's. It doesn't work if he's not compelling on film. But he's compelling to watch. He he is just such a well-mannered... I don't even know how to describe it. He's. He, I could there's watch this guy read out of the phone book. There's an interesting know? level of self-awareness with Doc, too. Yeah. He's not unaware that he has obsessions and that 
there's this issue and that it's absurd the game's taken yes. so long and that there's a level of self-awareness that makes him i think endearing yes he's a very endearing character like i am embarrassed like more than i will ever be able to say when i show people the comic we did for the kickstarter and i say this took me five years i don't blame out. i don't blame you for yeah because it's embarrassing it's embarrassing. but i don't blame you for the reason it's embarrassing correct but the arcade there's always more than one reason of course yeah. but it's like it's and a, none of them are it's Steven's a fault. it's a thing I, I produced and it took five years and it shouldn't have this man is working on our game and you play the game and you're like what took well that's funny years. you know what that <laughs> you know? it's funny when you put it into perspective because we've known each other now for i don't know a decade or yeah. something at least yeah, and i always roughly. thought like can we swear on this yeah, yeah of course <laughs> i always thought like what the fuck is taking steven's book so long yeah. Yeah. 60 something pages yeah it was 64 like, pages and you did it like well you did it like three times and by the way the reason you can curse on this podcast is because he's on it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i no can't to... modulate my speech you don't want to have to beep it well, up. I barely that, speak that, that's a lot of post-production i barely speak english most of the words i say are foul words if you take those words away i would be left with very few it's, words left <laughs> it's funny that you say that though because then it, there is a parallel here where you redrew it multiple times and doc yes doc yeah. refilmed but, right. the game multiple times i think there's i think quest for the the perfect yes. and you keep getting better you keep learning yes more. that well, was and that was the yes. trap you fell into because yes. i remember you'd be up to like page 30 and you're like oh i'm better now the first page sucks i'm gonna read you the first yeah. page i got half the book worse. right this is a common thing I yes. think. but you know yeah. i've interviewed a lot of um i guess legendary arcade people now people that yeah. made mortal Kombat. yeah if you're Rampage. in arcades you know these names <clears> the people and i interview them and they all kind of say the same thing yeah uh you know you got to get it done like yeah. it get it as far as you can finish it up yeah. tie the bow on I heard, and ship I heard it and it's, that, it, it would be like that with the comic at yeah. some point you got to say i'm going to just finish it and then there's the next comic yeah somebody, and that's me i'm ready to yeah. i'm always ready what's the next project like we'll do the absolute best we can on this the fact that i've held on to this already for yeah, two years it's impressive for miraculous you. i would say from, somebody, i must have matured you know yeah, you I mean? must have somebody told me this or i read this this is not a stephen brown quote obviously because it's too intelligent but somebody said something like art is never completed it is abandoned yeah. you know you've never written a joke that's a perfect joke no and that's why things that's why they say things get released. Yes, yes. They don't get completed. Right. You, right. you just finally open yes. the gate and let you it out. You stop yeah. working on it and put it out into the world. That's it. You know, every comic you've ever written was just released. It could have been better. Every drawing I've ever mm. done could have been better. I just said, it is good enough. This film will be good enough when he's done with it. You know what I mean? Right. Arcade, well, it won't be good. Nothing's ever good enough. No, no, but it's but good, you enough, just have good to, enough to put it out it's into time the to world. Move on. Yeah. Is what I mean. You got to go on to the next thing. And I'm hoping... Uh, it's, I don't know. I can't decide the documentary. Uh, so the Kickstarter is live right now. Yeah. Let's talk about the Kickstarter and it runs till not that much longer. The 28th, the 28th. So we'll have about two weeks when this comes out. Now, what is the, the what is the goal for it? 60,000. No. So I've put 60,000 in over the last two years, which for me is a lot of money. I know for a lot of people, that's yeah, a lot yeah, of that is a lot I'm of money. one of those people. Yeah. And, uh, I just don't have any. There's no more money for me to put into it. You yeah. know, I'd self-fund yeah. it if I could, especially. Well, then you because, have been self-funded, right. you, but you were at the point where you no longer can do so. I can't. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. So it's just, you know, not and keep your house. No, absolutely not. Not at the mortgage rate that I got. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so now it was, how do we how do we finish it? So yeah. and then the, I think the thing people don't take into account, they'll be like, man, 60,000 is a lot. And I'll say, actually. That's a I nothing. can do one hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of work with sixty thousand because I've already built the infrastructure, having yeah. built mm -hmm. a company, having loyal creatives on my side, owning my own gear, owning studio space, all that. 
So I know I can do a lot with it. And we also live in a world where inexpensive indie films usually cost between two and $4 million. Yeah. So right. it's, yeah, films are know, usually generated in the millions. <clears throat> I mean, those are usually narratives too, oh, but of course I but... can do that. I, I guarantee you, I promise you a hundred percent, even watching the trailer. Now yeah. I can do this for less than anybody else can do this and still make it a piece of art. Like I, I have the confidence in that. Yeah. I'll say we worked in video, he, him a lot longer. I've seen, I do nothing about it and then spent five years doing it. And it's like, not only will this look uh, as good as any major documentary uh, you'll see on like Netflix or anything like this, and we have the footage. You can look at the trailer. You'll see for yourself. This looks just like anything else. But it's like um, he's got ideas for this that uh, it's going to be. It will be uh, a unique documentary. It's not just yeah, thank you. because we we he has so much material. So it's not just that we have all the interviews he's done with Doc or the interviews with all the people that have worked with the documentary. He has the footage from the fucking filming of the game. People getting hurt, people with makeshift weapons and running around in warehouses and stuff. He has crazy footage. He has stuff of Doc doing like workout routines that look like he's Spider-Man. Like it, this guy's that not That was his nickname. A human person. Wow. He he is like carved out of wood. He looks like white Jesus. He's so jacked. So there's a lot of interesting stuff, but then we want to do reenactment scenes for stuff that doesn't exist, footage that doesn't exist. So like stop motion, stuff like mm -hmm. this. He's got a lot of ideas. It's like it is a small amount of money for what uh, we can produce with that money or what Craig can produce with that money. And we're already, you're already what, 40, 36? What, where are you at right now? I don't know, 42. 42,000 out of 60,000. Yeah. I bet, man. So we're getting close. Yeah, close. Man, and it's so it hard is, to get that last it bit. It is oh, a full time. I work about 16 hours a day yeah. on the This is all he does. And everybody, it's, it's kind of what you hear if you're going to have a successful yeah. Kickstarter. It's kind of like, this is what I imagine. It's like, it's like small scale, like what running for office has got to be like. It's full time the entire time the campaign yeah. is going. You know, we did this for the comic that we did through the store and we only asked for like 10 or 12 grand and we got it. But same thing. It was, this is our fourth. We fucking, did. We did multiple episodes. Uh, the, when you yes. Were doing that. This is our fourth podcast this week talking about wow. this. That's how much he's by, working. By the this. way, fuck you for that. Cause I this know. is your fucking podcast. This is, this is my fourth <laughs> caffeinated comics episode this well, year. No, you know, I, I've done up. probably six or seven over the last week. <laughs> yeah. And then Steven, Steven helped me on two well, of them. I can't they were comics. Else. You they were comics-based podcasts, yeah. so yeah. I said, as you've been a part of making this, I think you'd be a good person to come on with me. You're going to bring a lot of value to you. <laughs> they also want that us I've to not... talk about like weird <clears throat> shit. That's a whole separate whatever. Right. But the other thing I think people don't consider is like we're asking for 60 grand. You have no idea how much of that we don't even get. You know, Kickstarter oh, yeah, takes yeah. like well, three you don't get anything. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kickstarter is going to take like three to five percent. Then you've got processing yeah. fees. Then we had a consultant we hired. He takes a cut of it. I've probably put seven grand into yeah. marketing wow. the Kickstarter at least. So it's like, it's it's, it's difficult. Lot. Crowdfunding is. I've I had a suspicion it was going to be a oh, very oh. difficult process, yeah, 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 and yeah. it has been a very difficult process. And. I appreciate you guys saying like, man, you're really far. You've raised 42. You know, we still need $18,000 yeah. to yeah. come it, up it, with. It, it seems like an astronomical amount of money, but it's definitely doable. I think it's like, um, so if anyone listening wants to get involved, yeah, please, uh, I would, I would say that is just like, uh, 
what we're talking about is a guy who put his money where his mouth is, right? It's like, I don't know what it costs to open up an arcade. We have some idea of what it costs, what he makes. And what, like, like a big question was, like, what does the electricity bill of this place cost yeah. in a month? And it's it's astronomical. What I'm saying is, it's like, this guy, Doc, puts his money where his mouth is. <clears throat> Yeah. Craig is putting his money where his mouth is. He's put $60,000 into this movie already. I did the same thing with the store. You know what I mean? It's like I put half my salary into that store the last year I owned it. And I mean, it's yeah, just like it's I all, appreciate yeah. people. It's like you you do the same thing. You want it, you get it. It's like uh, it doesn't – we're not asking for a lot of money for a lot of people, but it's like 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks. I don't know what the – That's the hard part. You'd be shocked at some of the people – It it's kind of a crowdfunding is kind of a dark thing because you're really shocked by people that don't support you that oh, you yeah. thought would yeah. are the people that i mean i'll tell you guys right now i there's like millionaires i know yeah that are fairly yeah. close to me in my life that mm-hmm. donated fifty dollars i gave a hundred dollars <laughs> and that's not a lot of money but you that's a lot. you've never had a lot of no, money. no. And they, it's kind these, of the it's the talking, communist manifesto yes. it's like to each what they need each what they what is it you give what you can and you get what you need that's kind of i look at it like a hundred dollars to steve is a massive percentage but and and we had another friend who i i won't name their name but i was grateful she's even worse off yes and she gave ten dollars but i was like but you know it's like that ten dollars she probably it meant so much to her and somebody and this like this guy literally is like he got more money than he know what to do with. You know what I mean? It's like this guy's in several tax brackets above me, and he's just like, "Yeah, fifty bucks." It's like, it's like. Yeah, dude. I have family members that are get you know, twenty five bucks, and it's yeah. I don't, I don't like it. It's it kind of pulls the curtain back, and you don't really like what you see. But then you see some amazing things too, like this yeah, mutual that's friend true. that put the ten bucks in, or there was a guy that I've done yeah. two music videos for you. Totally, he does like reggaeton, like uh, Hispanic R and B music, yeah. you know. And but he's always let me be very free and creative when we work together. And I told him about it, and he dropped five hundred bucks, and I was like, "Yeah, holy crap!" And yeah, and that he's was another so guy. Nice it's like him, same you know? thing. We work with a lot of <clears throat> uh, music video people, and most most people don't have any money to make music video, like local right. artists and stuff. This musician, though, he's talking about is another one of these guys, these people that he's an artist, and he drops serious money to for us to make music videos for him. More money than like other people. Like I said, we have hundreds of people ask us to make music videos, and no one has the money for it. This guy drops his serious, his own cash right. to make. He's a hard working. He's a hard working guy. That's like guy. this kind of stuff is like these are the people. I don't want the money from the millionaire who only dropped twenty five bucks because he's friends with Craig's business partner. I want the money from the guy that's like puts his money where that he didn't wants happen it. at all. You know what I mean? I do say my ex business partner put a lot. He yeah, he's he been too. a huge source of support. I love John. John no, no, not John. But I'm no, saying no, but I'm saying John that, Scaletta, yeah, yeah, other people. Um, lovely, great. lovely, hugely supportive guy. He's so yeah. much of why I'm where where I am, and and he was he's been very supportive both financially and morally, and in this lovely. film. But, but but he's another guy. That I, this does isn't that yeah. This is where his mouth is. Not the moral of the story, but yeah. it, it's become very difficult because a lot of people, you know, you you kind of got to ask for the help when you're in this position, which is uncomfortable. A lot of people you ask are just going to ignore you. Yeah. So the amount of people you need is yeah huge. And then you know we've not been picked up by any press. We had a PR agent. I've had two PR people reach out, and yeah. I've started providing like I'll give you exclusive clips. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I, I, think I don't. It, it get does kind of but... show you is there. There's a threshold, or there must be something more than 
a lot of it is just chance. I think a I lot of it comes down to how people, who sees it or how they find even stuff. the gaming press though the 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 fact that Galloping Ghost is known yeah globally yeah. Known and then the fact even just take this angle everybody makes a big deal about the game Duke Nukem Forever it's the Guinness World Record holder for the longest game in development ever at fourteen years we've already doubled that so it's like do you, everybody made a big deal about that story here's an indie game yeah still going that still that's taken twice as long and it's been spearheaded by. A very interesting man who owns, who's basically resurrected yeah. the arcade industry. Like and nobody cares. This guy's, <laughs> I don't, I this don't guy's known in two separate niche industries. He is a known name in the arcade industry. You know, like Jamie Graham, comic book guy. Right. People know Jamie Graham in the comic book industry. Owns Graham Crackers here right. in Chicago. Largest comic book chain in the Midwest. So same thing like that guy's known. This guy's known in the arcade community. He's also, like, if you're a big Godzilla fan, people know him because of these models and stuff he sells online. This guy is out there in the world making waves. You think people who are produce movies who don't know anything about art but know how to make money because it's a known commodity. You know, this is why we get, like, reboots and sequels all the time because they're just like, make more of the same thing. This guy's a successful guy doing things, and we're asking for pittances to make a movie. I, yeah, but you there's know? been... it's. It's crazy though. It some people just ignore you, and then you'd be surprised. Some people are totally fascinated. I mean, I've already been approached by two distributors, um, and had conversations, but you know, they're just conversations at this point. But you there's are people that have just are like, "This is fascinating. I love yeah, this story." Yeah, but the, it's definitely a story to tell. Both, uh, <laughs> both Doc's story and the video game and the story you guys are telling. Now, the one thing is, what is the name of this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the film. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so the game's called Dark Presence. Okay. And Doc's always been known as Ghost Lord. That's like his handle. Yeah. Uh, that's his license plate and everything. So I dubbed the game Ghost Lord and the Quest for Dark Presence because it sounded to me like an old Nintendo game you'd yeah, play or something. And uh, I liked that. And I liked the aspect of adventure, this quest you're going on, and you have these different characters yeah. that come in and join. So that it's, just it's, kind of that just made sense to and me. And it's so. more about him. <clears throat> And like I said, the right, name it's Ghost about, it's Lord, that's how he's known to the Godzilla community. That's how he's known in the gaming community. So it's like the people in the know who would see that title would kind of know, oh, I know what that is. And the people who don't know, it just sounds like an interesting title. But that's how I mean. But for know, me, that's the most when I title things, anything I do, I just yeah, think very what, what would capture me. And if yeah. I heard Ghost Lord in the it's quest cool for Dark title, Presence, yeah. I'd be like. He's good at what naming is, things. What is that? You know, yeah. and that's that's what you want. Now, how do you find the Kickstarter? We'll post it on Facebook and yeah, on, you can on Twitter go, and Instagram. But we it's, had a shorter you're vanity. just listening to this. Yeah, we had a shorter vanity URL, but it got all jacked up because of Safari. I don't know. So you, if you go to our webpage, which is just Ghost Lord's Quest. Ghost okay, GhostLordsQuest.com. Ghost no, apost no apostrophe, just GhostLordsQuest.com. Right at the top of the page is a link to the Kickstarter. Otherwise, you can go on Kickstarter and search Ghost Lord in the Quest. Right, yeah. and as I said, we'll post the page uh, yeah, with the, this episode. Specifically, uh, uh, we'll share the Kickstarter link, so you could just click on the Facebook page and go right to the Kickstarter link, and that will take you to the trailer, but we're going to post the trailer, too, because it's like... We'll post uh, the trailer on I, our page. Yeah, yeah the Kickstarters, I want to see it. Yeah, Kickstarters yeah. are boring. No offense. I They're That's so okay. boring to read all this shit. <clears throat> Give me a trailer. When I did the Kickstarter... Uh, we had Craig make a trailer for our Kickstarter. And that's the only reason we got funded. Anyone else who tells you any other reason why we got funded is lying to you. We got funded because we had a dope video. This is well, true of the trailer. 
I've been bugging Craig for months. Where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? He cut this trailer for like six weeks with this guy, Drew, who's like his right-hand man on this and project. Max. And, and Max. Max. Yeah, yeah, very lot of great people working on this project. But the trailers, <laughs> um, I'm a sucker for a good trailer. This trailer has enough of a taste of everything we've been talking about, but you can see more of... Um, it's not going to have anything more interesting than what we're talking about in the trailer because it's a fucking trailer. But the trailer shows you the quality of the product we're producing. This isn't just like a bunch of idiots running around with a camera like when I opened the store. It was just an idiot <laughs> running around with comic books. This is a professional camera crew. This is professional equipment, professionally lit by people who know. It's not just Craig's talented. He's got good lighting people. He's got good camera people. He's got good people producing this. It's like good audio people. It's like <clears throat> everything about this is a professional job so check the trailer out it's really cool uh i love it yeah and since i have no voice there's no yeah, reason yeah. for me to do the normal plugs and i want everybody to go to the kickstarter so you will be able to find it on our pages and uh as you said ghostlordquest.com ghostlords quest yeah yeah thank and, you very much guys and yeah we'll keep up to date with it over the next couple of weeks but as you said we're pretty close yeah. oh if i could just throw one other thing out sure there. Yeah. um this coming Friday, I don't know the date. Yeah. I think it's the 14th or 15th. We are, strangely, hosting... Friday the 21st. Yeah. Oh, is it the 21st? Today, today, is, is, today the is the 16th. Oh, good God. I've lost all sense So today's episode <laughs> right. is Monday the 17th. Got this you. Friday so, the 21st. If you're Friday, local and in Brookfield. Or not local. Or not in Brookfield. And want to come in. Want to come out. Uh, at the Brookfield Public Library, which is a beautiful new library, they are having an after-hours event for us. And we're going to talk about the film and such, but... I've convinced Doc to bring the current build of the game out in this oh, wow. massive machine he's built for it. So if anyone's interested in the story, if anyone's interested in the game or the person behind the game, the people behind the game, I've got some of the original actors coming out too. Uh, 7 o'clock, Brookfield Library, Friday the 21st. Yes. Come join us. Oh, I'm definitely going to be there. Yeah, I will also oh, awesome. be there. Oh, yeah. Are you coming? If I'm not working, I'll be there. Okay. Yeah. I hope you're coming. Yeah. Uh, all right. They're very tired or not at all. Okay. Awesome. Thank you guys. All right. Yeah, Thanks course. again. And we will talk to you next week.